Welcome to the Joy Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Slagle, along with Thad DeVassi. On our last podcast, Thad and I talked about JOMO, the joy of missing out. I know what you're thinking, great idea, but it's just not that easy. That seed of doubt is exactly why we're sharing Nick Fancher's story with you. Nick is an accomplished professional photographer with a distinctive style. He's written four books on his approach to lighting and keeping things nimble. His subjects range from Hollywood's elite and athletes to rock and roll bands and CEOs. And along the way, he gained a social media following that many would do anything to have. Then he turned it all off, for good, and went against conventional wisdom that says small businesses and entrepreneurs need social media. Nick shares why this was important for his business and critical for his own well-being. This is Nick Fancher on the Joy Venture Podcast. Nick, thanks for inviting us to your studio. Yeah, man. This thanks. Is, thanks for coming by. Thank you. This is beautiful. Um, new, new, new digs for you. How long have you been down here? I've been here since uh, beginning of September last year. So what is that? Six, six months or so, something like that. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, this is the the old Seagraves fire engine factory and they've kind of been was the Fortner family has kind of taken it and they're they're repurposing it for lots of creative folks moving in here down here I know got yeah. some designers and some printmakers and all sorts of really cool stuff happening down here yeah and they did a great job um retaining kind of the magic of the space you know because I know that uh there's other shared workspaces here in Columbus that were used to be old warehouses but I feel like a lot of the character was stripped away and like cubicles were put up and whatever but this still feels very much like the original building you know and it's uh it's just really good vibe in here everyone that comes here is like so stoked to to see the space uh, restored and um and it's a good vibe just to come to work too every day you know yeah i bought a copy of your studio anywhere book and i really love it um it's what i love about it is is that it makes photography accessible to people in a way that i don't think people thought it was able to be done now part of that technology is caught up i mean when i started doing photography it was film um but with the with the advent of digital and then now with the uh, the opportunity to be able to get much more powerful hot shoe flashes uh, and in just pocket flashes and stuff like that, it's it's led to the opportunity to for a lot less overhead be able to learn some tips and tricks to shoot well anywhere. Um, and I, one of the things I really love, and I was just I picked this up today, and I just kind of flipped to the first page, but uh, I love the dedication. It says this book is dedicated to anyone starting with nothing. Let no one tell you that you can't create your own path or that you need to follow a certain formula to achieve success. Rules are constantly being broken, rewritten, and broken again. Enjoy your journey. I mean, that's that's my path kind of summarized, you know what I mean? Um, being told in school, whether explicitly, implicitly, like you need the studio, you need this lighting rig you need whatever whatever it's there wasn't there wasn't a resource to say there's other ways to do this or it's okay to to be different or whatever you know 
since I wasn't in New York or L.A., since I didn't have a commercial uh, uh, degree, um, since I didn't have the opportunity to assist people in that field, I didn't see what all my options were. So, I mean, I'm just kind of on the outside trying to guess or, or like, Google stuff. That it, there just wasn't the, the, the access to information like there is now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, even Midwest Photo, who's a major, amazing resource here uh, in Ohio, um, was a much, much smaller at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of had to make it up as I went. And, uh, yeah, so as much as I hated the journey, I kind of needed it, I guess, to get to where I was now. You know what I mean? So I think the rules are a little different today than when we were growing up and, and thinking about trajectory of how our career is supposed to work. And, you know, at least for Jeremy and I, it's like, well, you got to put in your time and your time will come. And it's like the rules have changed. And it's in... So what would you say to someone that's, you know, in that sort of same, you know, that that guy, that girl that's at Starbucks that wants to shoot, that doesn't want to shoot? They want to shoot your shoots right now, and they can. And what advice do you give them, you know, beyond go take the crappy shoots that you won't, don't want to do because you need to get paid and you need more, you know, more in your portfolio? What else would you tell them about how did I get here? Because this is this is about rolling up your sleeves and doing the hard work and and doing that uncomfortable thing. I'm an introvert by nature. The idea of like pursuing and shaking it down to like make this thing happen. How did you do that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, everyone's different. Everyone's different, and my my advice is going to be different than someone else because I'm an introvert too. And so, I mean, even when I um, even when I started uh, photography, I um, I didn't really know how to approach photographing someone that I thought was interesting. Um, it was easier just to take like self portraits or whatever. Um, and uh, so it took it took a while for me to to grow in, in confidence about that. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, everyone's gonna have to figure out what they want to do. Like, if they want to do, I know a lot of people will tell me they want to be a fashion photographer, or whatever. I mean, that's like saying I want to win the lottery. It's <laughs> like, I mean, that's all well and good, but I mean, your odds are about as good as um, somebody wants to be a professional model. You know what I mean? Um, it's there's, I mean, n- or 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 even a fine art photographer. I remember that in school. It's just like where you want to just make your art full time. It's like there's probably 50 people in the world that can do that exclusively mm-hmm. i mean even the editorial photographers that like i look up to they're doing a lot of commercial work they're they're shooting like healthcare companies and and like headshots and whatever that's not going on their website yeah i'm doing that stuff too that's not going on my website like the stuff that's on my website is largely stuff i did on my own for free with friends or models people that i thought looked interesting that i initiated contact with um and like, hey, I have this idea, like, just sit for me. And and before, and, and, and back up a bit, even before I did that, I needed to know that I could do the technique. I might practice, like, I would practice the technique on, like, a bottle of cologne or a, or a flower or something before I had someone sitting there for me because I felt the pressure of them waiting yeah. and watching me fail over and over again. <laughs> I didn't want that pressure. And so I would just practice and then get it figured out on a flower, then bring in a subject and have them sit. And I would just, I would, I would take five shots and be like oh that's it thank you and like let him go but not I never like 
I didn't even have the confidence to like push, push to push till they're uncomfortable. I still don't really. I mean, that's a muscle I still have to develop. And like, I'll, I'll assist. I'll still like if there's a photographer that's coming through from like New York or something. The, a lot of times they'll email me as a local, like to like they're like, hey, who's is there an assistant that you can refer to to use? Uh, we need to we need an assistant on our set, and um, they reach out to me because like, oh, he's a Columbus shooter. And I'll take the job personally. I'm like, I'll, I'll be your second, like, so I can see how you work. And and some of these shoots, I'll see them. I, I was on one a few years ago. Dylan Coulter, he's a, a shooter. He shoots a lot for ESPN Magazine. Uh, does a lot of celebrity and athletic work. But he um, he was shooting. I think it was like Jack Nicholas or something. And they were and and and, and Nicholas's agent was very just like, um, you know. He, like uh, you have 10 seconds like you're done like we're done like it was a very short window of time and he kept pushing he's like one more turn your head one more like he kept going until they literally pulled him off the set mm-hmm. and I was like that's that's something that like I have to grow that muscle of like pour, pulling more on my subject and I've, I've heard Annie Leibovitz say that um, I mean not personally like it was like a video but <laughs> but uh um, making your subject uncomfortable, like you can get a side out of them that uh, is is unique. That that usually people are trying to set their subjects at ease, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I'm still growing in that area as well. But um, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, it, it you know it's it's that that grind of of I, you got to go after what it is that you want. Um, you mentioned you know whether it be bands or interesting people or whatever and the things that you're shooting, you talked about it's, it's, it's about the product that you deliver and it's about the network that you build, right? And so you're building a network and you've got connections, you know, in New York, other places now. Um, and when we think of the network, you know, capital N network, we think about social networks too. And so this is the part where, um, you know, I've been an admirer of your work through Jeremy and through others I um, didn't know you personally until I read this this blog post that you put out um, earlier this year. And as a writer, I'm, I'm attracted to Nick as the writer. It, you know, but your whole thing was is photography. But it was what you articulated in this blog post called "Ghosted," um, and it seems to go contrary to what we've we've been talking about and, and how things happen today. And, and what you write about in here is this idea of. And I'm just going to read the, the opening bits. I think it's great. Um, it says, um, "Hi guys, this morning I woke up and deleted all of my social media: my Instagram, Twitter, my personal Facebook accounts. I deleted my Facebook page about a year earlier. All of it gone. I ghosted from the party. As a small business, it's a bold move, if not insane, to walk away from such successful pages. I had over 60,000 followers between the three platforms, but I had had enough. And here's why. Now." The first thing I know about writing is you got to hook the audience. <laughs> I was hooked. I'm like, who does this, right? And you've just talked about this idea. Like, we got to, you know, you got to build your audience and build your network. And what better way to show people what you do than to show people what you do? And you killed it. You killed the beast. And and, and in this day and age, and I, I've got teenagers who cannot take their eyes off their phones. Who does this, right? So you 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 leave us hanging with the here's why. And so we're going to direct people to the blog post, but I want to hear from you. Why, why, why'd you do it? I mean, there's several reasons. Um, you know, I talk about it in the post and, and I'm actually, I'm writing a, a rangefinder magazine wanted me to expound on it. Now it's been two months and they want to, they want me to write another essay about what, what I've learned since then and whatever. But, um, 
you know, the try to figure out how to summarize it. Um, the one reason was just I had a lot of anxiety o- over it. And, and at first I didn't have that. I mean, years ago, I mean, I, I had Facebook uh, group, um, business page on there. I had, I mean, before that even, I was a Flickr, MySpace, uh, Tumblr. Um, and uh, I never felt the pressure of that. And, and some of that might just be my own personal life. I think what I've learned through seeing a therapist for years is that um, I was sort of living in an... Uh, I don't know, like a, not, not in reality. My head was kind of in the clouds for years. And, and, and me having this kind of like uneducated view of the world, this kind of like, oh, I can just do it. This kind of like that, that idea uh, kind of allowed me to do what I did, just like so boldly and, care- and recklessly just start doing it. And now as I learn more of the stakes, I realize I, I'm kind of like walking on a high wire without a net or something. Mm-hmm. And I, so I've gained perspective in the last couple of years. And I think that partially led to like this like, oh, man, I'm like doing this. I have like a mortgage and kids in school and like a studio rent and like I'm paying for everything myself freelancing. Like yeah. that's a lot to lose. You know what I mean? And so social media like – it's kind of engineered, first of all, to be addictive. It's just like you pick out your, you pick up your phone, and I'll just speak for myself. Like I am addicted to my phone. Like and so, if I have social media, if I have that app, that the, the colorful little icon, I'm gonna touch it. Like I'm gonna open it up, and and especially with Instagram, it's so immediate. And it's like I was only following photographers and painters and stuff that I that I liked their work. I didn't follow people that posted photos of their dogs or whatever so it was like I very much wanted to open it I would just scroll it was so easy to scroll 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 but with that came like two things it came um you know that term FOMO fear of missing out and people have it in terms of like hey I didn't get to go to this gallery opening I didn't buy those shoes before they sold out that that kind of but I but I had it in terms of like the photo industry oh man that job went to that guy oh man that client used me for for five years why'd they use them did I do something wrong like or maybe there's Maybe there's taking their brain in a new direction, but like I was gleaning information from from these things and like and making like judgments like oh man I must have failed or like whatever and uh, I mean it pushed me to work harder which I guess is good but like my wife can attest like I was uh, losing my mind like I was kind of losing my mind um, and it wasn't it wasn't like trolls because I've dealt with trolls for years I dealt with trolls before Instagram like you know I can take a troll like you know in stride so it wasn't that you know what i mean and 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 it's funny because instagram if someone has something negative to say they usually don't say it they usually just keep silent usually it's just you're only getting emoji comments and like you know what i mean you're not so you're not really getting anything bad but you're not getting anything of substance either you're just getting like dead someone just writes dead or just writes like a skull emoji or a fire emoji or like and and it's just like reduced communication to emoji speak you know what i mean and so i realized even though it felt good to open and see like a thousand likes on a a, a photo i realized like it's not it's not communicating anything do i need this and i think for years i did i think for years i needed that affirmation i need those little dopamine hits to like feel like okay my stuff is good like the world's telling me i'm good i'm good enough like whatever i didn't get from my parents growing up or whatever like I feel validated finally you know so for years I think I needed that um but once I started actually assessing like everything and realizing okay now I've, I've passed a hump and 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 uh I've, I've gone over the hill and now it's 
it's it's causing me more harm than good like um the only the only engagement i'm getting from this besides emoji speak are people who want to ask me how i did a technique or want to like collaborate it's not clients the reason i got on this in the first place was marketing myself trying to get clients to hire me and so if that's not coming from this why am i wasting hours a day you know and so you know i started running numbers i mean i started doing a few things i started running numbers first of all like okay so if i'm on here two hours a day you know that's 700 something hours a year you know like how much work can I actually trace back to social media like how many clients are hiring finding finding me and hiring me a year you know i i can't exactly quantify it but let's call it ten thousand it was probably less than ten thousand dollars worth of work but let's just call it ten thousand so do all the you know at 750 hours you know it's like i think around 12 bucks an hour or something like that is what i'm is what i'm netting from from my investment and i was like at that point i'd be better off going back to starbucks because then i'd have benefits with it you know Mm. and uh and so instead like if i took those hours and like spent say i spent half of them just going to the movie like i'll just work five hours today and then i'll go to a movie and then i'll take the other half of those hours and i'll just like start I'll start emailing or texting specific people that have been loyal to me through the years who have thrown me work, or like we have a good relationship, and just say, hey, let's get lunch. Like, or, hey, do you have anything on the pipeline? Like, I, I'd love to work again. Like, it's always great working with you. And in the, in the past, you know, two months I've been off, I, 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 I've done that, and I've gotten at least five jobs from that, five jobs that more than compensate for anything I would have netted from getting discovered quote unquote on social media you know mm-hmm. and uh and and reconnecting with old friends like hey let's get lunch hey let's get lunch i mean i've had more lunches in the last two months than the last two years probably um and uh i don't know if uh, if that answers everything uh yeah it's just it's this idea of you stop feeding the beast and so oh yeah you're asking me why did i get off social media yeah. so so the anxiety was the one thing the um the lack of like quantifiable like results yeah. um, was was one. Um, the other thing I mentioned in it was uh, conversation. I have a, I have a podcast as well called Viewfinders, and I chatted with the Italian photographer Sarah Lando, and she 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 brought up a really good point that she put it in words in a way that I I hadn't before was that the algorithm um, the way or just I don't even know if you'd call it the algorithm, but just like the the feedback you get from your followers, like you get rewarded with likes if they like something or it's silence if they don't. And that has this Pavlovian effect where it's like, you know, if I, I noticed over the last couple of years, like any post I did that had red in it would get more likes. So then I would start using more red in my images, like in the way it was influencing the way I shot. And I know I'm not the only one. You can look through and you can see quote-unquote Instagram photographers. Instagram photography is like a style now. Like you can see it in magazines. It's it's seeping out in the real world. But it just the way an algorithm or an app is like set up and how it and it translates to real world and it's changing image making and art. It's kind of fascinating and scary altogether. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I kind of resisted that as well. I mean, I'm a person that doesn't want someone dictating how I do something you know what I mean um yeah and uh and so recognizing that in myself I was just kind of like uh and um 
and the thing that's kept me on for so long was just that that thought that I needed it to to to, to get work. But then I reference in my in my post also a different interview I had with Jay Gillian. Jay Gillian is a a buddy of mine. He's a designer. He's a photographer. He's a, the creative director. He's kind of everything rolled into one. But he's someone. He doesn't have a website. He uh, his social media. He only has an Instagram, but he only posts photos of like where he's been. There's no context. It's just like oh, here's a photo of Paris or whatever. So. It, you know, people aren't following him for his work. You know, they don't know what he does. He's a mysterious guy. But he's he's working for Lexus and Bottega Veneta and Hermes and all these, like, luxury brands. And he's doing it because he knows them. They know him. And they, he does face-to-face meetings. He doesn't email. If, if he wants – if a new, a new brand's courting him, he'll fly to New York and have lunch with them. He'll fly wherever. Um and uh, he, he has cultivated those relationships. And that's where I, that was kind of the last straw for me where I realized, okay, I think I'm ready to do this. Like, I think I have the data I need. I think I can survive this. Yeah. Um, other people are doing it. I, I can do it, I think. You know? and, and, I, and I also couldn't continue without probably losing my mind. <laughs> yeah. You, know? the, um, you use the term in your, in, your, in your post about a necessary evil. And I think we convince ourselves that we have to do it. We, you know, everybody's doing it. I can't just leave the party because then that's the fear of missing out, right? Yeah. And you, you, you took not only a, a data-driven, this doesn't make sense from a, a time output and revenue input um, perspective, but what, you said, you know, just from your own mental health standpoint, for someone who's now been off of it for a while, it's kind of like a detox. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm like, how? What has that meant for you? And just a, how you use your time, but b, thinking, you know, with no algorithms and nobody validating this one thing that you love that makes you do that one thing again and again and again. How's it? How is it helping your creative process? Or are you noticing that yet? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. It was like the first week I was off, it felt exciting and like rebellious. And I was like, who's going to notice? Who's going to notice first? Are people going to figure it out? Like this, this so you're feeling still of wondering like, about other, what other people think at that point. Well, for that, yeah, yeah. for that first week, it was like, it was just like, oh man, I did, I did this naughty thing. It was like this exciting, <laughs> rebellious thing. You know what I mean? Week two was like, um, I was starting to be like, uh, I was starting to miss the, the instant gratification. I was starting to like, wonder if I had made a bad mistake. Week three, I was Googling, can you undelete Instagram? <laughs> you know? And like week four, I was just depressed. Like I was like, just like feeling like outside a party looking in the window. Like, wow. oh man, like, did I just screw myself? Like, you know, can I survive this? You know? So that first month was a roller coaster. Um, but I had, you know, and I, I'm in a particular position where it's just like um, I'm a freelancer. I have my own studio. I don't have another job, so I have a lot of time on my hands, and I work very fast. So I have a lot of downtime. Like I'll do, I'll do a shoot. Like if I if I shoot like headshots, for example, the shoot will take an hour. It'll take me an hour to edit it, and then I have six hours left. You know what I mean? So even mm-hmm. if I'm shooting every day, I have a lot of downtime. And before I would spend a lot of that on social media, obsessing, yeah. comparing myself to like other photographers who have been doing it for longer live in a uh, like a larger city it's not a fair comparison but i would find myself doing that and then just like totally forgetting about all my achievements like and like forgetting the fact that i'm like 
doing the job I always wanted to do, like mm -hmm. lo constantly losing perspective because I would open it and see all these other people doing like really glamorous things and like whatever. And I couldn't not compare myself to that. So with all this new downtime on my hands and I know that like I, I still picked up my phone out of reflex like multiple times a day and now there was nothing to open. And so I was just like, for, for days I would do that and then just put the phone back down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember like one day I was sitting here, it was like all my emails had been sent and there was nothing to do. It was like 10 a.m. And I was like, oh, wait, like my kids uh, don't have school today. And so I just went home and played video games and went to the park with my kids. Like, and I was like, that's kind of amazing. Like my kids are seven and nine. They're not going to want to hang out with me for much longer. You know, they're going to be teenagers soon. And, uh, and so now I can like have these moments that I would have missed out on before. Um, another thing is like, if every down second, every down minute, every dull moment, every red light, every line I'm waiting in, I was picking up my phone before and scrolling, I didn't have any time to reflect, not only on like my accomplishments, or whatever, but have like to have new ideas, to have like, hey, let me do this other photo shoot, there's this series, whatever. I'm missing the world around me. I'm staring down at the ground at my phone in my hand. I'm not seeing the world around me. You know what I mean? And I was like, isn't that what made us image makers in the first place? Is like we were seeing things that inspired us and made us want to do that. You know what I mean? And so we're yeah. all missing that when we're staring down at our phones, you know? So, like, month two has been much more productive and, like, figuring out, moving forward, like, writing out my list of who are my actual contacts that I can, like, reach out to them and, and, and cultivate that relationship and get, and get work. Or, like, what personal projects should I work on now that I have all this time? Or should I just drive Lyft or something just for some human connection now I, d I drove Lyft for one day last month just because I was like I have nothing to do today and I just talked to like five passengers and it was an interesting you know conversations I was able to have you know or I'll go to the movies a lot I've been to a lot more movies last month so um, that's a good problem that's a good problem to have is figuring out how what book do I want to read what you know catch up on six weeks of New Yorker <laughs> magazines that are sitting by my couch you know yeah. um so, yeah. So you would say that just being off social media has just opened up that much time for you? For me personally, everyone's going to be different. And not everyone probably spent as much time as me. Some probably spend way more. But I was on there probably two hours a day. And so, I mean, that's enough to make you have to change up the way you do, the way you operate your day. I mean... And that's two hours spread out over a day. That's not like a con concentrated Right, yeah, it'd be so, like five minutes here, 20 minutes there, right. whatever. And if you're anything like me or any other creative I know, that's th those little five-minute things are derailing you from whatever right. you happen to be working, and yeah. now you've got to take another 20 minutes to get back into the thing that you were doing yeah. when you left. I would open my phone to do a thing. Instagram would have been up from before. I would start scrolling and forget why I picked up my phone in the first place. Like, oh, I picked it up to write this on my to-do list. And then I put my phone down, and then I remember, oh, yeah, I needed to do the, the to-do list, so I'd open it back up again. Like, that's, that's what it was. I mean, it was derailing my almost every thought. <laughs> every time I'd pick up my phone to do something practical, and it would get interrupted. Yeah, I remember a friend, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but it was on Facebook a few years ago, and it was right when... Um, <clears throat> the social media apps were starting to come out. So before you actually had to like launch a browser and go to these things, but now the social media apps, and now you've got the little notification thing right there and they're coming in and stuff. But I remember him saying something about, I realized I have a problem with my phone 
when I go to it for something and I realize it doesn't have anything for me and I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm let down by that. Yeah. Like I opened up my email and there wasn't anything in the inbox. Yeah. And then I went to this and there wasn't anything. And I was emotionally depressed by the fact that, that I wasn't getting what I wanted out of my phone. It wasn't like I was going to my phone to make a phone call. Right. It wasn't like I was picking up my phone to take a picture or send an email. It was the other way around. The interaction had completely flipped the other direction. Yeah. The phone was beckoning me and I would get there and it didn't have anything for me and it left me empty. Yeah. There's a book that I came across um, called The Machine Stops. Have you guys heard of that? No. Um, it was written in 1909 and it was, uh, and it was like so this is before this is before like airplane like mass travel and airplane this is before screens no tv nothing like that and this it's only a short story it's 100 it's like 60 pages or 80 pages but the the premise is it's this mother and son communicating through a machine on opposite sides of the world and all the humans like the world like no one can go on the surface of the earth like the earth is uninhabitable on the surface so everyone lives in these pods uh, just bigger than their than you know five feet by five feet or whatever these little pods underground and they communicate through this blue plate which is basically describing it's a screen and they get all their needs through the machine and uh, so their their music their their books everything the machine gives them everything and and they communicate to anyone they want around the world through this machine and the, but the son wants to see the mother mother face to face and he's like I want to see you but not through the machine and she's like really annoyed like I don't want to see I don't want to smell things. I don't want to like, go out and like have to travel around the world to like get to you and see you. Like the machine gives us all we need. Like she like resented his request, but finally she decides to make make the trip. She travels on an airplane with other passengers and describes like I'm like how did he even write this? How did like he foresaw all this stuff? And describes like being annoyed at like other people's smells and sounds and whatever, and like couldn't wait to get back to her pod. You know what I mean? And and so just the book kind of just expounds on this idea of like everyone getting all they need like total isolation but still this like implied connection like they're still like sort of connected you know what i mean um but the book just blew my mind i read it just like twice in a row uh like i said it's really short but just it described perfect like and and even before like 1984 and these other dystopian books that kind of lay out what the future holds for us but i mean i'm just like I see that now. Um, I see that now with the with the phones. I mean, I said also the movie Click, the Adam Sandler movie. Did you guys see that movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an Adam Sandler movie. It's not a very good movie, but I mean, the premise of it's pretty profound. Like, where the idea you use a universal remote to fast forward through any unpleasant moment. Like, you know, they're talking too loud. I'm going to mute them, or I'm going to fast forward this, whatever. But then the 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 twist is that the the remote, uh, like remembers all these all these moments he skips and decides to start auto skipping those moments and before he knows it he's at the end of his life because much of our life is filled with dull moments and down moments and unpleasant moments but that's what makes it life like and you don't know the good moments without the bad moments and he's lost his whole life and i kind of see social media and smartphones in particular as that universal remote like every dull moment we're looking down at it and we're skipping the, we're skipping we're checking out you know what i mean totally so the, the, you'd mentioned kind of like how you would, who you would choose to follow. I kind of do the same. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I have an Instagram account. I follow maybe 200 people ish and they're artists and they're writers. And, and, um, the question that, that, that comes to mind for me 
and I think you know a pushback. Well, it's one thing to it's one thing to get off or not post anything, but but you're an artist and you need that inspiration of other people and see what they're doing to to give you inspiration, which obviously is not the case. But I'm curious, where, where are you turning now to like inspire yourself to like, you know, or where are you pulling where are you pulling inspiration from when before your face was in a, in a yeah, well, I, I remember back in the day, I mean, it was one of my favorite things to do is to go to the newsstand and flip through the art mags and see, like, who who the the new photographers are that are doing exciting things or who shot this campaign or, or that editorial or whatever. And I would, I would spend an hour in there flipping through, you know, 50 magazines. And then I'd buy a couple and, like, keep those magazines forever and use them as, like, references when I did shoots, you know. And that's been replaced with, with social media, you know, bookmarking images instead, um, which was good and bad. Like, I mean, it was great. It, it, it is cool to be able to see like in real time, like all these amazing campaigns, you don't have to go to the newsstand and, and spend hundreds of dollars on magazines to do that. Now, um, you can also follow like the photo editors and the creative directors and see what they're into. And it gives you kind of an inside track on like what they're into, or you see behind the scenes photos. So that access is is cool but also like under that umbrella of like the fear of missing out like i'm seeing all of that stuff in real time and and again like for me personally i was just reminded of how far i still have to go and it's like i used to kind of in a similar way almost torture myself by like reading the news every day i was like i have to know it's like even if it's terrible i need to know what's happening in the world and uh it's better to be educated but but um that so that was my outlook for years but it was slowly kind of making me crazy. Like I, I, I had no faith left in humanity. I had kind of no hope for. I was like really like riddled with fear and anxiety about what the world will be for my kids. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like this is gonna. All this is gonna do is like decrease my life expectancy and make me like less of a present father. Like the best I think I can do is be present for my kids and like love them and educate them and try to prepare them for the world rather than like stare down the face of evil every day and whatever and and so in a, in a kind of a parallel like that's how it was with social media for me it's just like i don't need a real-time reminder of where i'm not yet yeah. like i can go there when i need to like and so i can still even though i'm not on social media i can look up a photographer i can look up their instagram i can look at the stuff i can screen grab it i can pin it on pinterest or whatever um and use that as a reference if i want but i don't need to be reminded of every time I open my phone. Yeah. Like, I'll make it an act, a task again. Like, let it's me think of it and go to it. Right. Yeah. Rather than it be right there waiting for me. Right. It's intentional. You're taking control of the opportunity to look for something. And usually in that situation, you're looking for something much more specific. Yeah. It's not just whatever happens to be being forced at me at that time. It's, right. I'm going to do this type of shoot at this type of a location. I've got this in mind, and you can do some research on it. And it's not derailing you. You're actually making progress towards towards yeah. what your your goal is. Yeah, and 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 going back to something you mentioned earlier, like I'm still shooting. Like I'm still shooting for myself several times a week. Um, I don't post it uh, to a social media platform, but I still blog it like once a week or whatever. So I'm still talking about my process, and now I actually have more room to do it. Um, Instagram also cropped. You could only post three three quarter images. You couldn't post like a two thirds crop. Um, I can post more than ten images. I, it's not this really bad 
compression. Like before, if I posted anything with reds or oranges, the compression was horrible on Instagram. So it's like I can actually post higher quality photos with like several paragraphs of explanation, tell a story, whatever. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, I am slowly building um, my following on on my blog on my URL. So if I write like a thousand words and and and, and post a gallery of images, and then I send the article off to Petapixel or Photo District News or someone say, "Hey, do you want this?" This photo essay, um, they'll post it to their, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of followers, and then my URL is linked as the original post. So then I'm getting hundreds of of, of visitors a day from from that post that is going to boost my website's SEO. Um, people can RSS feed to my blog. Um, so I had like uh, five RSS feed followers when I, uh, February first, and then like. I think like mid March it was up to 600, you know, because people are coming to my mm-hmm. site and subscribing to that. And so, you know, in a few years when Instagram is not the the cool platform it was, and everyone's jumped ship and gone somewhere else, they're all starting from scratch. My hope is that I will keep the momentum going on my website, um, and that won't go away. I'm not putting all my work into something that will go away, or like what, what Facebook did was they throttled the algorithm. So when I had like 35,000 followers, but only 200 people were seeing a post because they wanted you to spend $50 to boost every post you did, yeah. and and they kept my followers from seeing my work. I'm like, I have no control over that. Right. So, so how 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 do you you know you go from it's it's just crazy, you know. You post an image, and in in minutes, you're getting hundreds of likes. How, how do you? Where? where I'm, I'm curious, and maybe it's not external validation, but I'm curious where you're getting your validation from now, right? Well, you know what? Uh, my therapist told me a year ago or two. She said something, and, and at the time, I didn't have. There was no space for my brain to really even understand what she was talking about. <laughs> but she was like, "You need to have." something you treasure for yourself like you need to have something that you can hold on to and know like without someone else affirming it like this is beautiful i made it i'm proud of it and hold it for yourself and uh and i'm i'm slowly starting to learn that now like so even though i don't have social media open now if i shoot something i'll open my my dropbox folder because i'll you know i'll dump the images in dropbox to send to the model but i have those images and i'll go through them once a day and flip through them and like, man, I made that and I'm really proud of that. And, uh, and I get pretty much the same feeling as I did when I was on social media. Like, yeah. you know, cause really it's like, it comes down, I think to self worth. Uh, do you feel like you're good enough, whatever. And like I said, for years, I think I needed the validation that came through social media, but now it's like, I know that like, I'm good. I know that I'm good enough. I know that I can deliver for a client. I am proud of what I make. Um, and I don't need that. I don't need that immediacy anymore. Um, at least to that degree. I mean, it still obviously feels good to, to know that others are thinking about me and, and whatever. And if I wanted that, I could I could like low key stalk the model who posted my photos on their Instagram and get that little like yeah. oh that that photo's sick whatever I can still see that they're posting anyone I work for they're still using social media my stuff's still in the ether yeah. you know now they're using a hashtag Nick Fancher instead of an at Nick Fancher you know so my name is still going to be floating around I'm not working totally in a vacuum you know yeah. 
you, you'd mentioned you haven't become Amish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you'd mentioned with your conversation with uh, it was, um, was it Jim um, about the uh, Jay. Uh, Jay, excuse me. Um, you, you know, we're not we're not built to have thousands of relationships. Um, and when you when you get rid of six thousand or sixty thousand, excuse me, and now you've got six hundred and even six hundred people is a lot of people to to manage, right? The one thing that I found um, very genuine about even coming back to this article that you wrote was that all these people were commenting and like, oh, come on, Nick, man, I'm I'm, I'm going to miss seeing you on social media. You responded to everybody that put a comment, right? And and to me that sort of speaks. I don't know you that well. You know, I have a like lot speaks, of time on my hands. It, it, but, but, but you don't have to, right? But, it, but it's who you are. And you've actually, by clearing out the clutter, you've actually made more room for personal relationships. True. Yeah. And I see, and, and now every person that decides they're going to like cross the entire internet and come to my URL yeah. and comment, I'm going to see them as like more than the casual liker. Like I'm going to be like, wow, that was really intentional. Thanks for visiting. Like, I'll comment and I'll actually say your name and, yeah. like, answer you. You know what I mean? Um, same as, like, you know, I'll get emails every week, like, people wanting to, like, ask for advice or whatever. But unless, at this point, unless someone actually, if I can tell, like, oh, I know so-and-so, like, we have the same mutual friend or whatever, that they're not going to set up. I'm, it's not worthy of my response. I can't respond to every single person. So... So I have to figure out who's worthy of the response and whatever. So, like, for people coming all the way over to my website and coming, like, you're worthy of a proper response. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know if that bit, if that it last is, bit doesn't it, well, fit in, then you can cut that bit out. That, it just... I don't want to sound like an asshole. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the algorithm versus the humanity of what you're doing. And, um, and just even in this, you know brief time of, of, of this, I don't want to call it an experiment. It's a, it's, it's a lifestyle change. I could see that. Right. And, um, I don't know. I'm, I, I, this, I think this is probably one of the more important conversations we've had in a long time. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that our guests have been doing, but I, I think this is something, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or a creative, where you are in your career, what, what you've just laid out is something that every human being who has social media is grappling with because we are, we're conditioned. This thing is, these phones are built for addiction and we're mindlessly going through it. And whether you're dads like us or a teenager that's wanting to be liked, we're trying to curate and edit a lifestyle that we want people to see and we're overthinking this at the expense of actual human relationships. Yeah. And so to that, man, I just say thank you for, thank you for writing this, that we, we, we found it, and for, for sharing your perspective with us. Yeah, well, I, it's funny because I've talked to um, one of the lunches I had in the last couple months. My buddy Dave is a writer, and he's working on um, a book. And he's like, and that's the one thing is like, you're a, you're an author and i don't even know if my publisher knows i'm off social media yet i've been waiting for that email because you're supposed to market yourself you're right. supposed to like come up with the audience that's yep. going to buy your book and you use social media for that you know and so i don't know how that'll affect that part of what i do i mean honestly like it doesn't make that much money for me that it's it's it would have influenced me staying or leaving it you know what i mean like for me i my goal is to shoot not to write like i like writing but my goal is to shoot mm -hmm. um 
but for him, he was he was like, man, I played the Twitter game for a while. Like as an author, you have to play the Twitter game, and where like you're like coming up with these quizzes to engage people. Like, hey, what's your favorite '80s movie or whatever? And you're going to get engagement. Like people are going to comment and like and whatever. But are they actually going to go buy your book? And like, are you you're doing the follow unfollow thing just so you can build up five thousand followers? But those are five thousand people that forgot they followed you. They don't know who you are. They're not engaging in your stuff, or maybe they take your quiz. But how many of those followers are actually buying your book? Like, you're playing this game. What's the actual payoff? And I shot a product for a, uh, for a, a brand a month ago, and he's like a new brand. And I was like, I saw he was starting to use the images on his Instagram. I was like, dude, you're getting like 50 comments on, on these posts. And he's like, yeah, we pay this company like 50 bucks a month or whatever, and they have bots that comment, whatever. And so you look through, and you can tell because all the comments are just hearts or emojis. But I'm like, you can't really tell what's a bot and what's a human anymore because people only speak in emoji. Right. And it's just like, and it's all this interaction, but it's like, are these people actually buying your product? Right. You're doing all this, but like, can you quantify what this is getting you? You know what I mean? Totally. And it, I don't know, man. It's just like, it's just kind of gross now. It's, it, it feels like when I do see social media, when I do happen to see Instagram, it, it feels like how when I went off soda and then I had a Coke after like, after six months i'm like man that's sweet like i don't remember being that sweet and like so and and open instagram like man that's surface man that's like meaningless like it didn't always feel like that when i was on it you know what i mean yeah but now going back i'm like dude what is this for and and that's not meant to be a judgment there's a lot of amazing people that are on there and then they know how to use it better than me like i admit fully i am an addict like i have to stay away from it if i have it i will use it um, people have asked, why don't you just disable comments or why don't you stay off or use it less? I'm like, that's easier said than done. Sure. Like, that's like telling an alcoholic, why don't you just have a beer like once a week? You know what I mean? So like, if it's there, I will check it. I can't not read the stuff. I can't not use it. Yeah. So. Well, kudos to you for, you know, recognizing that and then saying, I'm, I'm done and, and taking it off the phone. Thank you, Nick, for inviting us to your studio. If you're interested in learning more about Nick and his photography business, check out his blog at www.nickfancher.com. To hear more podcasts or read posts that are meant to nudge the dreamer in all of us to become the doer we were meant to be, visit us at joyventure.net. If you've discovered your joy but feel stuck on how best to develop it, you've come to the right place, as that's what Thad and I do for our day jobs. Feel free to drop us a line through the website, and we'll talk. Until next time, remember, never stop discovering. Thanks for listening.